All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of Run Amok with Rex and Chuck. I am Chuck, and with me is... I'm Rex. I'm over here. And of course, our producer, Nate, our stalwart producer, and our intern, Dutch, who uh, even on the Facebook live videos of this show, you will likely never see. We keep him in his own his own booth, his own room. He's got a lot of work to do. He makes all of our photocopies for us, does mm-hmm. some occasional Googling, makes coffee runs, brings us water as needed, things like that. He does like research. That. Does research, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a highly competitive internship, so yes. I I'm not trying to downplay Dutch's talents here. Uh, this was A lot of people sought after this from very prestigious colleges throughout the Cal State and UC system, people who had done years of work on their campus radio stations, and Dutch was just the, the best possible candidate and um if i may say uh he came in peak physical condition yes that dude is ripped yeah i mean i go to the gym well we both go to the gym now together yeah uh but i've never seen someone who is as yoked out (laughs) as dutch and it blows me away that he's in the radio business because a lot of guys you know i used to do like fm radio professionally a lot of guys are because they have to sit behind the microphone for six hours a day, are very out of shape. But <laughs> right, not but that, Dutch. That leaves, what, 18 other hours to be at the gym, hitting the weights? Yeah. Isn't it weird that even during the interview process, he was benching like 315? Is it weird? No. Or, I mean, um, or at least is it weird that we did the interview process at the gym at his request? Well, no, that's not weird to me. Okay. If I, you know what, if anybody was going to interview me for a job, yeah. I would actually love it if we could do the interview over a workout. Um, because number one... At the gym? Yeah, at the gym. With like, everyone else okay, around. Okay, okay, let's say, right, let's say our church, uh-huh. a year from now, okay. says, hey, you know what, we need to re-interview you for the senior pastor job. If I could drag Mike to the gym and have him do the interview at the gym <laughs> yeah. on a good arms day, I can establish physical dominance. You would. And become the alpha. I mean, you are like half his age yeah and twice his size so you can <laughs> see yeah. why that would be an advantage mm-hmm. um, now to his credit we did go backpacking about a year ago and i could only it, it was everything i had to be able to you keep wanted up to with give him. up yeah because it sucked you were done yeah like, day backpacking one sucks bro <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to go so badly but i didn't get a chance uh it's i mean it's cool like i will always remember Thousand Island Lake, mm-hmm. you know, up in that mountain range. But I will also always remember how much I hated lugging a 60-pound pack. But whose fault was that, that your pack was that big? Didn't you pack, like, full cans of, like, Chef Boyardee? Okay. Instead of, like, the dehydrated stuff that you were supposed to bring? All right. Um, yes, that's true. So my original intention was to get MREs. Mm-hmm. Turns out they're a lot harder to get your hands on as a civilian than they should be. Did you go to REI? No, well, yeah, I went to REI, but they didn't. Okay, so apparently dehydrated food has taken the place of like military style MREs. Right, yeah. Um, which is what I was looking for. So when I couldn't find actual MREs, I thought, hey, you know what? Homeless people love Dinty Moore beef stew. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Because so I... homeless people do a lot of hiking. Yeah, if you think about it, they do. Well, they're not carrying all the. Well, I guess they are technically carrying yeah. a lot of their stuff yeah, with them, but it they makes have a lot more sense, doesn't it? But they usually have shopping carts. Well, that's true. It's not all on their back. That's true. But in any case, I said, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to get some Dinty Moore, and I'm going to get mm-hmm. some Chef Boyardee." Now, for clarification, they were not full size cans; they were the little cups. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, 
every meal, I'll eat one cup of Dinty Moore and one cup of Chef Boyardee. So I bought a variety thinking, wow, this is going to be so great and it's going to fuel me through this backpacking adventure. Um, long story short, next time I'm going to do dehydrated food. Yeah. Because after about a day, that Dinty Moore just tasted awful. <laughs> and the Chef Boyardee wasn't doing much Didn't better. Didn't you end up sharing it or like... I traded Trading it. With I bartered people. it. Yeah. yeah, I bartered it for dehydrated food. Okay. Um, so thankfully, people were willing to make those trades. Uh, but yeah, I, I was not. I was not prepared for no. how terrible that whole experience uh-uh. was going to be. At least you didn't go up there thinking that you were going to hunt your own game, though. Would have been pretty dope. But, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I don't think you would have been able to. Do well, you have any hunting experience? Hunting, trapping, well, hang fishing. On. Hang even? on. Well, fishing, no. Uh, fishing no does hunting does hunting i don't mean with like an assault rifle does hunting the taliban count as hunting (laughs) in your mind not unless you were gonna eat them well i had no plans to eat them okay but we did have to track them now we had the assistance of helicopters and Mm -hmm. you know uh lookout posts and stuff but Mm -hmm. we did still have to find them so we're really off track right now yeah what are we talking about today for the last four going on five years uh the church where rex leads worship uh the musical worship and where i preach about 50 percent of the time and where i pastor has been meeting uh in a tent in a big like 60 by 40 tent out on six acres of land that the church owns Mm -hmm. and in my experience meeting other pastors meeting a lot of other christians uh going through seminary man we have a pretty unique setup But we're not the only ones doing it. I've actually heard that tents are part of a lot of the uh, local church history um, for for a lot of other churches that I've run into. Um, A lot of guys started in tents, or while they were expanding, they met in tents. So it's not as though we're the only ones, but it is somewhat rare. Mm -hmm. And I wanted us to just take some time to reflect on how this experience has really shaped our church in different ways, what it's been like for us uh, to minister in that sort of indoor outdoor environment, mostly outdoor, yeah. by the way. Yes. And uh, what we're looking forward to, because we're actually almost done with our time in the tent. Uh, not too long ago, the church purchased a modular building and we have plans to move into it every day. A crew is doing work on it, patching the walls, getting it ready for us. And once it's finished, our days of, doing sermons and doing worship in the tent are more or less done. I'm not saying, Hopefully. We're, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. we're never going to do it again. Who knows? We might bust it out on a special occasion. It'll be there for hospitality. It may even be there. Well, God see, at willing. that point, it would actually be kind of refreshing. Yeah. Like, it'll oh, be look, like, we get to be in the tent again. Yeah. We're not experiencing that right it'll now. It'll be like, oh, man, you know, it's Easter. We're in the tent. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It won't be like, oh, my gosh. Right. We have to be in this tent again. You know, yeah, but uh, yeah, so we wanted to just take some time now that we're sort of getting towards the end of our tent church experience to reflect on what this has been like for us. Man, of all the of all the times I wish we could take calls (laughs) because I'm sure people would be calling in from (laughs) our church to share some of their experiences. I know at least a couple are probably watching as we do this. but I hope it's helpful, uh, especially for anybody who happens to stumble upon this, who is in the middle of their own 
a tent worship experience mm-hmm. to hear some stories and hopefully get some insider tips from a couple of guys. And some encouragement. Yeah, and some encouragement from a couple of guys who have been there for the last four or five years. Now, I'm curious, mm-hmm. um, because even though we serve in the same church in the same environment, the way we serve is really different, right? Preaching yes. is so different from I can't do what you do. Well, and I can't do what you do. Uh, my hands are too stupid um, <laughs> or too small. My mind doesn't work quick enough. Well, yeah, uh, we're all I, gifted in yeah. our own way, you know. Yeah. And uh, plus, I can't sit down and just write out a sermon and and feel confident that whatever I say is going to be uh, acceptable to the church body. Like, I would feel so like nervous about leading people astray, even though, like, I know I wouldn't. I know that my um, my theology is fairly sound. I would still be just too nervous about it. I can't do that. Well, let's say you hope your theology is fairly sound. Well, yeah. I, I think it is. Yeah. I've been at this yeah, for I, a little I, while. Yeah. And you and I have talked, and I'll verify a pretty sound understanding of godly things. So, um, But Thank in any you. case. Yeah. So I wanted to start by asking you, because mm-hmm. um, we've been in this tent for, like I said, almost five years. Now, I you haven't been here with us the whole I time. I think I've been here like three years. Wow, that went by fast. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because... It was right you before didn't ha- you didn't have Araya. When it was right before Araya, and she's almost yeah. three. Okay, uh, but yeah, you guys did not have your child when you came to the church, and she is turning three this year. So yeah, yeah, Gosh, time really went past went past us pretty quick. But um, so you've been with us for pretty much three years now, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering when you first showed up and you right. saw that this church was meeting in a tent, and I mean, you came under the pretense that like we were inviting you to kind of come be our worship leader, right? Yes and no. Let me start by saying there's an individual in our church, Fred, who just, he's just got a heart for inviting people to church. Like, he's always doing that. The dude is so good at that that he's even got people coming from Thermal, which is a couple hours away from our church. They're driving all that way just to come on a Sunday because he met them and invited them and they were into it. Um... He actually used to be my sound guy at a previous church, and he had found out that my wife and I were looking around, and we were just kind of in this in-between period, and he had actually been trying to get us to come. He's like, hey, man, we got this church in the tent. It's better than it sounds. And I kept being like, sure, yeah, I'll I'll come. And um, we were hanging out at my brother-in-law's church for a while, But then he came to me one time and he's like, you know what, actually we just found out that the current worship leader at Streeter was leaving to Tennessee. And he's like, hey man, like you're not really doing, using your gifts right now, like the way that we know you can, because you were leading worship before, you're not now. And uh, he's like, Streeter's leaving, so why don't you come check us out? He's leaving in a couple of weeks, come hang out. I came, saw a service, I was like, okay, the tent isn't as bad as I thought. You know, I thought it would be different. Let me stop you right there. Okay. Not as bad as you thought. Yeah. How bad did you think it was going to be? Well, I guess it helps that it was about this time of year, so it was like early fall. Yeah, we're so just... So it wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was like great weather. Yeah. So coming in, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. I, I think I was kind of really initially thinking like, oh, it's going to be susceptible to a lot of the climate. Plus... I don't know. It's weird to to go to a church where you don't know anybody. 
especially if you're going for like the idea of like I might be their worship leader how I, I don't know that's that's just this that's a thing that I guess to me is awkward and weird but I came because you know it is a calling of mine and I did need to get back into it and there was a need at Rockridge so I said let's go look and then I met with Mike outside of that we went to a Rubio's and we got along really well and um, he told me you know this is who we are do we mesh and like yeah I think so and he asked me what I was expecting out of it and so we had a really good talk and then you know next thing you know I'm the official worship leader at Rockridge yeah I don't know if I answered your question no yeah I did well okay. kind of maybe I mean we got some of the backstory and how you showed up, but uh, you did answer the question of, you know, sort of what was it like to show up and see this church in a tent mm-hmm. um, with the understanding that you were sort of auditioning to, like, work here and yeah. be here full time, you know. Uh, when I started serving at Rockridge, we were actually not in the tent yet. We were still renting a building in Temecula that was just beautiful. Mm. Um, Nate, I don't know if you ever got to go there. Yeah, I mean, it was gorgeous the lighting was just perfect it was air conditioned nice uh, yeah. which was maybe one of the best parts about it in retrospect had a great stage wonderful lighting the chairs were awesome you know the whole setup of it was great and coming into like these ideal conditions uh and then being told hey by january of 2015 this is all going to change this is all going to go away we're going to stop meeting here. We're going to go out to this tent on the property. Okay. You know, I knew the church owned the property. We didn't actually yet own the tent. So it was a little bit like, all right, uh, I guess I'm in this for the long haul, you know, like yeah. I'm not going to let change of environment scare me off, you know. And the first time we met out there, <laughs> we had so we had so many ideas that had to change. We thought, okay, uh, we will be able to rent easy ups and we'll oh. do Sunday school under these easy ups because we didn't we didn't know how we yeah. were going to facilitate classrooms it's so windy on that property the easy ups started blowing away which probably terrified the kids well maybe i don't know our, our kids are um pretty excited by stuff like that but, <laughs> okay but you know I'm, I'm there in the middle of the church service and out of the corner of my eye i see these easy ups getting picked up and tossed around which i think were rented by the way no, and our teachers yeah. are chasing after them and i'm just thinking oh, i think okay. you ended up buying them after that yeah yeah maybe and, <laughs> and uh just had the thought of like well that's one that's one idea that has to be revised uh now was rockridge called rockridge at the time yeah, Rockridge has been Rockridge since before, before I even that. got there. Oh, okay. Um, and this is your first church? This is the only only church I have ever belonged to, much less ministered at. So okay. I, don't, I don't know church outside of this. I mean, I kind of do, but only by proxy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, only by going through seminary and doing life with other guys who are doing ministry and other other church environments so mm-hmm. this is the only family i've ever belonged to this is the only church where i've ever um, raised my hand and said yeah i want to be i want to be a part of this so uh, rock ridge is always 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 going to be a place where i choose to belong in a place that is so special to me um, yeah 
whether we're on the property or in building space or whatever, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, um, I'm still going to want to be a part of this. But yeah, first moving out there, man, we had so many lessons to learn. I think we actually had porta potties that we rented oh, uh, when fun. we first started meeting out there. Yeah. Um, the process that of was a buying... crowd ple- a crowd pleaser, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The process of buying the tent, we had no idea what kind of tent to even buy. There were, you know, we sort of tasked one guy to figure it out, do the research. Didn't and... you also think that you were going to tear down the tent every weekend? Yeah. That was a really foolish idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, yeah, going into it, we thought, well, we'll be able to put it up and take it down every week. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't remember why we thought we'd even have to do that. But yeah, that was a thought we had. How long did it take to put up? Do you remember? It's an all-day project. Yeah. Yeah. So go in on a Saturday, Yeah. do church Sunday morning, and then tear it down. What's the plan? It's for a crew of 12 people, it's like an eight-hour project, at least. (laughs) And it's not just... Because don't, you know, don't get it in your head that it's just, well, you know, you put the poles together and you stand it up and you drape the canvas over it. No, there are huge like railroad stakes that have to be driven into the ground, which was my job, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Somewhere in the church archives, there's pictures of me swinging a sledgehammer at these giant stakes, pounding them into the ground. It would have been nice if Dutch was around. Would have been great if he Dutch would have, was around. He would have put those in like nothing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I asked Dutch... In not so many words, I said, Dutch, how did you get so swole? <laughs> and uh, he told me that... Supplements, bro. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But he said, I started in construction. Oh. Started laying bricks. Yeah. And uh, he, he did say, he goes, I was pretty big before that. But that's sort of how I started down the road of like physical fitness. Is He was laying bricks for years and doing construction. And before he got into the radio business. Yeah, before he got into the arts and media and stuff. That's yeah. that's how he started getting so big. So, um, Yeah, had I kept putting up tents, I'd probably be pretty yoked. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I had only... to do that every weekend. That's a, that's a workout. Yeah, so we did it once. We're finding that the tent is a lot stronger than maybe we gave it credit for early on. So okay. it's held up exceedingly well. Um Perhaps God is involved in that, but it has held up exceedingly well for being almost five years that we've been meeting in it. So um, take that as a word of encouragement. Anybody out there who is entering into a tent worship environment, uh, you know, if you're worried about the wear and tear and the damage it's going to take. I mean, I understand we're in Southern California, so we don't get, you know, hurricanes and typhoons and stuff like that. But uh, our tent has actually held up pretty well. And as long as you're in a place where the weather is reasonable, yours should hold up pretty well, too. Um, You may have to replace the canvas uh, panels and flaps probably once or twice a year. But as far as, you know, having to take it down and make all kinds of hardcore repairs, no, you will be fine. You'll be okay. You'll find your tent is a lot more durable than you think it is. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the people. So the tent has done fairly well for that time. But how do you feel like the congregation has done as a church that came into this tent with really high hopes of like we we've got like plans for actually a really nice building that's actually turned out to be um a little bit out of our reach how do you think that that's been for the congregation to be in this tent for longer than we anticipated well i'll say this it it has changed our church 
and our church's people in three ways. The most obvious is that it changed the number. So we moved out there with a lot of gusto and a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of which is still there. I don't want to make it sound like we are this beat up, tired congregation. There's still a lot of energy there. But what we lost, partly because it's a tent, but also partly because we we moved away from being sort of in the city center mm-hmm. in a more metro area of this part of the county to being in what they would call like an exurb area where we don't have any real urban density within two miles of where we meet. Right. Um, but what we lost was a lot of weekly traffic, right? Even people who didn't stay on to become members. You know, when we were meeting in Temecula, I do remember seeing a lot more people um, who were just sort of dropping in just to try it out. You know, we were part of their church shopping experience. Not to say we get none of that, but we used to get a lot more of it. Um, it changed our number because some people really just, and I don't hold this against them at all, but they really just could not abide by the new environment. Uh, the heat in the summer is right. kind of a factor. I mean, you know, we get up to 110 some days in the summer out here. Yeah. And we don't, you know, we don't meet at night no. in the summer. So um, some people just couldn't put up with that. And I don't hold that against them, you know, so they went elsewhere. Um, we actually have some people who are faithful members, but in the summer they just say, sorry, <laughs> I can't do yeah. it. Um, seasonal, but yeah. faithful. And we've taken some measures to try to respond to that. Uh, we have set up a a summertime only like air conditioned room in a trailer that we rent for people to go and and watch on a TV screen a broadcast of the service as it happens. But uh, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. So yeah. that gets moderately used. So it's changed our number because some certain families again just didn't stick with us, and we don't have as much kind of week to week hey we're just checking it out sort of traffic mm-hmm. although we do still get some of that um in fact every week for like the last six weeks we've had at least one yeah. new face in the tent um so thank you lord for that yeah um it has changed it's changed the character of our church a little bit as well because we really became the church in the tent and we <laughs> Between the way we teach, um, which we're not the only church that teaches like this, but, you know, we do teach in a very expository, contextual sort of way um, that is, I don't want to say short on application, but maybe not as big on application as as other churches with other ministers and other preaching styles. Mm-hmm. Um, between that and the experience of meeting in the tent, uh, putting up with the heat in the summer and the cold in the winter and the wind and everything else, we really did start to take on this character of this is like, this is hardcore. If you, if you are here, you must've really wanted to be here. (laughs) Yeah. And there must be something about the worship or about the teaching that keeps you coming back because it darn sure isn't the environment. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. We, we kind of have, have really found who could be considered the core members. Yeah. Just by the pure fact of them sticking around. Yeah. So it, it sort of changed and, and redefined the character of who we are. We are now, you know, hashtag church in the tent. Um, mm-hmm. It's part of our identity, which we would not have that if we didn't have these past almost five years of worshiping out there. Um, and it's also changed our expectations a little bit. Not just of the building itself, but seemingly what we expect of our various ministries, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
because we we understand and sympathize with just what the facilities are like out there it's like hey you know we are not we're not expecting a lot of our ministries to look and feel the same way they do at other churches right so our men's ministry looks and feels a bit different our women's ministry looks and feels a bit different than it would seemingly anywhere else mm-hmm. um part of the reason I think we emphasize our life groups so much is because they meet away from the property and the tent really was the perfect environment for us to experiment with decentralizing the ministry controls of our church to move stuff away from staff and into the congregation. You know, the, the ministry of our life groups is not driven by me or you, Right. Or anybody else on the staff. It's driven by the congregational leaders who have raised their hands and said, yeah, I'm going to lead a life group. Mm-hmm. And it's going to meet at so-and-so's house. And we're going to do our meetings this way. And we're going to serve our community in this way. Um, in, in a weird way, and, and you know, as I'm saying this, I know some people might be wondering, well, what's the connection to the property? In a very real but weird way, uh, the tent environment redefined how ministries like that were going to work. Because, frankly, we don't have the space to have groups meet there on the property. Um, and it became much easier to, again, decentralize the control of a lot of our ministries to members of the congregation. Um, it also changed our expectations for the building, obviously. Right. You know, we moved out there. And I don't even think I realized this at the time, partly because I was so much earlier in my ministry career and so much earlier in my time at Rockridge, but there was this expectation that the tent was only going to be like a two to three year experience. Right. Yeah. We're obviously now a couple of years past that. So our expectations changed a little bit. When we first went and toured this modular building, um, we were expecting there to be some, well, not just some, but a lot of pushback. A lot of people saying, you know what? We've given faithfully to a building fund with the understanding that this building project with these plans laid out and everything was going to be built through that. And we don't want to spend the money on anything short of that. Well, let me tell you, we met in that building and then we asked the congregation, how do you guys feel about us spending money to move into this? And the response was almost unanimously. Every hand went up. Yeah. They wanted to do it. Almost unanimously, yes. So I think people's expectations changed a little bit over time to the point where now they they recognize that even though this is not this is not quite the vision um, that we had when we first got out there, this is still something that God is doing for our church, through our church, and in our church. Yeah. And they were willing to contribute to that and accept that. So. Yeah. So there was that shift to, you know, maybe we're we're done meeting in a tent. Like as as much as that has been part of the identity of Rock Ridge, I think just that that desire to move forward. Maybe it's not even so much the building, the modular building itself. I think it was, in, in from my perspective, it was more of a desire to move forward, that we've just been kind of idle these past few years, just being in the tent and being in the tent longer than we wanted to be. Um, those additional two years beyond the original you know, idea, I think really started to weigh on people. And before we found out about the modern building, you would ask somebody, hey, like, how are you doing? What do you think about, like, what we're doing here? I think I had just before then, I actually changed the layout and the way that we meet in the tent. At first, we were meeting where everybody was in, you know, even rows um, 
from one side of the tent to the other, and yeah. now we're, we've kind of turned it sideways. To visualize it, we were meeting, um, as if you were looking at a piece of paper, we were meeting hot dog style. Right. And now we're meeting hamburger style. Yes. And so we made that change, and people were really excited, and people wanted to, especially in my life group, they wanted to be able to help decorate it, try to, like, let's revitalize the tent. Because there was that feeling of, like, we need to do something. Like, we, we just don't want to sit here doing nothing right and i think when that modular building came and the way that it came too, like we, we probably won't go into it today but the way that it came to us was definitely god orchestrated it wasn't like we went out there and tried to piece together something and uh, i guess we'll settle for this like it really just kind of landed in our lap and when we saw it we were like yeah we can do this and it's not it's not to say that we're replacing the original building desire to have what we had designed, but we have now, I think, a more comfortable place to maybe start bringing in those new families and families that maybe have a hard time with the hot summers and the cold winters to be able to have a more consistent congregation and to be able to more, I think, more successfully work towards that goal again. I think we've kind of slid off projections. And I th- I'm hoping that this will be a way for us to get back on track. Yeah, me too. Um, I think a lot, a lot of people will be encouraged by the fact that they will once more be able to show up for worship at Rockridge Church and not have to meet outside. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, I'll feel very glad about being able to come preach at Rockridge Church mm-hmm. and not have to stand in a tent that's 110 degrees. Yes. Uh, so a lot of you guys don't know this, and if all you do is listen to the podcast, uh, you would never know this, but I sweat excessively. <laughs> he does. Excessively. There's a surgery to correct it that yeah. I will likely never get. Um, but it is kind of a problem. Yeah. And believe it or not, when I'm preaching on days when it's especially hot, I kind of go into the meltdown mode after literally. A yeah. Yeah, you're literally melting up there. And and it makes it more difficult to deliver the message. Well, I don't even have that problem. And in the summertime, I'm sweating to the point where it's like I can't even read. Yeah. Like I look down at my sheet music and I'm like, uh, I can't see that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So let me give some specific advice to anybody out there who's who's going into a season of, of tent worship at their church, or maybe you're trying out a church that meets in a tent. You're not sure if you want to stay. Um, rent rent trailers. Just do it. Yes. Budget for it. Make space for it and do it. Um, run your offices out of there. Run your Sunday school classes out of there. That was one of the best decisions that our church made in all of the time we've been out on the property. We've gotten more than enough value out of the trailers that we rent for the price that we pay, um, which is not as much as maybe uh, you're thinking it is if you're considering this option and maybe thinking against it. It's really not as expensive as it might seem to rent one of those. Um, We have four on the property right now, um, and the total rent for that is somewhere in the ballpark of like $1,000. A month and having for, one of them for facilities rather than porta potties. Yeah, yeah. Don't much do porta potties either. Yes. Let me suggest that. 
and uh, get get a bathroom trailer. Um, now that's going to be a little expensive to empty the tanks every month, but uh, it's worth it. it Trust is, me. It is. Um, in fact, bathroom trailers pretty nice. It, it might be, it's, it's it might be one really of my nice. favorite places on the church property. <laughs> um, yeah, I never want anybody to know when I'm in there. But <laughs> it's nice to be in. There. I never, I've never seen you walk in there. I yeah, I've never seen you go in there. That's that be- the correct. Answer. That's because yeah. I don't go in there. Okay, you don't. Yeah, no, you never go. I don't do things. You I don't. don't do I don't do things. things you like don't do those things. No, I don't. You do not require that particular. Trigger. My body operates at one hundred percent efficiency. <laughs> there is no waste material. Right. Yeah. Except for the sweat. Except for the sweat. Maybe that's why you sweat so much. Possibly. All right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say too, as like an encouragement, is. That it's okay if you have to change your plans. That we have had to do that. And I think some people will look at that and think, oh, we failed. Yeah. But we're not failing. Like, we're we're taking a step forward. And it, it's going to be a challenge in some ways because we are actually going to have a little bit smaller of a space with the modular building rather than the tent. But... We're going to have to figure out ways to work around those, but it's it's going to be positive for us, even if it feels a little bit like we didn't reach the goal we wanted. Um, we can't be depressed by that. We can't let that be something that tells us, oh, you're, you're not. Some would even say, like, are we even still following what God wants? And again, in the way that we got the modular building, I'm fairly certain we are. And that that obviously needs to be like our number one priority. Are we doing what God wants us wants us to do with the people He's given us, the people that He's allowed us to minister to? Um, and I don't feel maybe as attached to the original plan because I came in after that, but I can still look around and see people who are attached to the idea, and I can see it in in just in their demeanor and then even heard it in some of the things they've said of like, man, like, you know, I, I kind of wish that we didn't do this because now I feel like we're never going to get to what we wanted. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think that that's what's going to happen for us. I think we're going to be steadfast and we're going to be true to what God wants us to do. And God's going to bless that. And yeah, we spent more time in the tent than we thought we would, but I feel like maybe we needed it. I don't know what it is. I can't say I know what God's plans are. Uh, but maybe that's just a time we needed to have. Yeah. And maybe this modular building is a time we need to have as a church body to grow in certain ways. Maybe we needed to be humble. Yeah, for anybody, for any pastor who happens to hear this, um, or anybody who's on staff or any overseer, Man, if you're going into a season where a tent is going to be your church home for a little while, yeah, be prepared for your expectations to change a little bit. Be prepared for the character of your church to change a little bit. Um, be prepared to, to lose some people, maybe some people who you dearly love who just are not willing to make the move into that kind of environment. Um, I'm, I'm not saying bet your church's life on it, um, but if there's one or two families who say, you know what, dude, you know what, pastor... We love this place. We love this church, but we just don't think we can do it. We just don't think um, it's the best environment for our kids or, man, our bodies just aren't in the shape to do this. You know, you're going to miss those people. 
compassionately continue to do life with them. Um, but don't cancel all of your plans for the sake of, of one or two families that may not make this transition with you. Um, and yeah, be, be prepared for it to shape some of the character of your church, but be grateful that it's going to become part of your church history. No matter what Rock Ridge is or does in the next 30 years, I will always get to tell the stories of stuff that happened to us and for us in our time in the tent. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's, that's extra special to me just because the formative years of my ministry career are happening right now, which means all of them have happened in this tent environment. Um, You know, a lot of my first sermons I preached were in this tent, but man, my first time preaching was in this tent. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but there have been just some moments that are special stories in our church's history that would not actually have even been possible if we were meeting in a building. So I'll just share one real quick. Um, it was Easter, maybe two or three years ago. And Mike is in the middle of his Easter sermon. I had done the sunrise service, um, and he did the normal 10 o'clock service. And while he's preaching, I'm not even sure he was aware of it, but a lot of the people in the church noticed. So... Being out there on the property, a lot of weeds grow. Uh, even up next close to where the tent is, this rabbit hops into the tent and starts munching on this this overgrown weed like, on Easter Sunday. Was it like, aww? Yeah, and I mean, you could hear people sort of snickering about it, and you could uh, almost feel the people's eyes being drawn to it. Right. But it's, it's an actual bunny yeah. that came and hung out in our church on, on for a Easter minute, Sunday. Seemingly oblivious to all of the human presence around him, yeah. right? To the 150 plus people who were there. He had a task to do. And he's munching on this overgrown weed on Easter Sunday. And, you know, I know people have certain feelings about Easter or whatever, but it was just a special, fun little thing that happened. Yeah. Um, that would not have happened in a building. Yeah. Well, very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it happens in a building, uh, you might what not, you need is an exterminator. <laughs> you might not um, be in much of a building. Yeah. I I will always remember uh, one particular service that Mike did. And it was so funny, man, because like a couple weeks before the service, he did this really special thing that not many things in church culture during church worship moved me to the point of almost tearing up. But this one did where it's at the end of the sermon and we're praying and this gentle breeze is moving through the tent and you can just sort of hear it creaking and rocking. And as Mike is praying, there's this long pause and he just, he, he goes into John and he says, that, you know, the wind goes where it wishes and, and you know, the, the spirit is here with us right now. And, and it just felt so magical and so spirit filled in that moment. And I think everybody was a part of that. And then two weeks later, he's trying to preach the sermon and the wind is so strong that like lights are getting knocked around. The fans that we had in there are getting knocked over. And I just remember thinking, well, I guess the spirit's really here now. Yeah. The wind certainly does go where it wishes, you know. All that stuff is part of our, our church history now. We'll always get these stories to tell. People have been married in that tent. We've done two or three funeral services in that mm-hmm. tent. Mm-hmm. Those will be with us forever. Yeah. Um, Two people, Graham and Edith Krauss, said their last words that they ever said to our congregation in that tent. And that'll always be with us. Mm. And if we were anything but grateful for that, I think that would actually be inappropriate. Mm. So, 
Yeah. Be, be prepared for it to become part of your church's story Yeah, and be looking forward to what it will bring um, into the history of your congregation. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up this episode with, with this. Uh, yeah. We went a little longer than we had anticipated, but There's we probably can... stuff that'll get cut out. Yeah. I'm we'll sure. edit some things. I'm yeah. sure. We're going to cut this off now. Um, look for a chopped up version of this to, hit different podcasting apps i'm assuming uh within the next week or so um and for for anybody who got to watch this and and you're thinking of a friend right now who you think oh you know what maybe they'd like to hear this uh just just ask when's it going to be ready and we'll let you know so you can ask producer nate about that and he will double check with dutch to make sure it gets done and i'll probably get an email set up and we can um take questions there too if somebody thinks of something after the podcast because most people will probably be hearing this not live and um, if you have ideas or just general like things you want to know about who we are or who the what our church is or where we're going um, or just things you'd like to hear us discuss topics and things like that feel free to send that our way too and we can um, go through those yeah all right well God bless everybody. Thanks, everybody, for hanging in there. Producer Nate, thank you for your faithfulness to this, and uh, we will see you next time. This has been Run Amuck with Rex and Chuck. Mm-hmm.